Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong and if it's your first time here, hi, we're so happy that you're listening and we hope you get a lot out of the lesson today. If this is not your first time, welcome. Hello and welcome. So glad that you stopped by today uh, to listen. If this is your first time listening, so happy to have you and if you are listening again we are so glad to have you back so today we'll be talking again about Moses Moses is quite an interesting character and one that I think a lot of leaders of churches like tend to identify with so last time we had talked up to the splitting of the Red Sea and uh, this time we're gonna start right after that and we will start in Exodus chapter 15 and uh, we'll work our way through and probably stop just before or around the uh, yeah, the Ten Commandments are the the beginning of that story. So, we'll start at chapter 15, verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went to the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Then they came to Marah. They could not drink the water because it was bitter. This place was called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw the wood into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam. There there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they near the water. The whole Israelite community set out from Elan and came to the desert of Shin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. 
There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then Moses, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to eat or to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare, prepare what they bring in, that it is twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it is the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that we should grumble that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it is the Lord when he gives you the meat to eat in the evening and the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. Why? While Aaron was speaking in the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will find bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the, covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared in the de on the desert floor. Then when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? They didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread of the Lord. It is the bread the Lord has given us to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take a omer for each person to each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered as much as they needed. Then Moses said to him, No one is to keep it until morning. Then Moses told them, Whoever, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it till morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. When the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers per person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. And he said to them, 
This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be the Sabbath day, the day of rest, the holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it till morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is the Sabbath to the Lord. So you will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, and on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some people went out on the Sabbath to gather it, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments, my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. This, that is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. Do not go in. No one go no one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made of honey, Moses said. This is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it. For the generations to come so that they can see the bread I gave to you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt so Moses said to Aaron take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to keep it for generations to come as the Lord commanded Moses Aaron put the manna in with the tablets of the covenant of law so that it might be preserved. And the Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. And they ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. And Omer is one-tenth of an ephah. So, again, Moses is leading the children. They just pass through the, the Red Sea, and they, they get into the desert, and what do they do again? They start complaining again. And Moses is like, would you please listen to me? God will take care of you. But the children of Israel, they still lack the faith. They've seen these beautiful miracles and these amazing things that God has done. But they lack the faith. They're, you know, he, he, they're out of water, you know, and he takes them to a place where they can get water, but it's bitter, makes the water better to drink. They drink the water. He leads them to another place with palm trees and 12 springs. And they camp there. And they have water. And then they leave there. 
and they go into the desert and again the people complain and so God provides them with manna and he tells them you know gather it for six days get twice as much on the sixth day only get what you need and eat everything that you get or it's gonna go bad but they still don't listen there's still some of them that are not listening and I know a lot of people can relate to this and you're you're preaching the word or you're teaching the word and you still have those people that come up that they're just not getting it they just don't understand or they they continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again and then come to you and complain that God is not blessing them or these things are happening in my life and they don't realize that it stems from this sin or this whatever in their life and the same thing was happening here God is continuing to bless the Israelites and as soon as they get slightly uncomfortable they start complaining and you know I can see I can see that a lot in in various places today and in this story God tells them to take a jar and put manna in it so that the future generations will know they can see God will take care of them they can see that God has the best in mind for his people because he knew God knows they're gonna question their faith again and again and again they're gonna question whether or not he's gonna take care of them they're gonna question whether or not this is gonna be as bad as it they think it is and so he tells them take this jar and put manna in it so that these people will understand God took care of us it's hard for us to get that in our head it I used to be a giant worrier like I worried about things that no one should worry about but I would stay up at night like I couldn't make my mind stop worrying about these things and I went to a women of faith conference with my mom one time and this woman I swear she was talking right to me she looked at me and she said when you worry you're basically being like unconsciously an atheist and this really bothered me and I started thinking about it a lot and so I started when when I was worrying about things I would stop and pray and then when worries came back into my head I would stop and pray and I continued to do this and it took 
probably about a year or more for me to get to a point where I didn't worry. I get concerned about things, but I do not worry. And people are like, how do you not worry? How are you not anxious? Because I've prayed and I know that God will take care of me and take care of my family. If we keep his commands, if we follow what he wants us to do. And so over that time, I learned not to worry by learning to put my faith in God. And I didn't, when I was little, my grandmother used to tell me, don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. And I didn't really understand that as a child or even as a teenager. But I remember her saying that to me several times. And I rem now as an adult, I understand. Like, I get it. You, you look at your problem and say, I'm putting it in God's hands. God's got this. Let God fight your battles. And, yeah, things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. But, Bible also says in 1 Peter that you only have to suffer for a little while. And I'm like, well, I can handle a little while. You know? It's a lot easier to look at a problem and say, nah, it's going to be a little while. Put it in God's hands. Let's pray about it and continue to pray about it. And just let God take care of it. But let's continue. Okay, I sometimes I can ramble for a little bit, but okay, so we're in Exodus 17 now. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin and traveled from the place from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And, Rose, and Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water. And they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take some of the elders of Israel. And take in your hand the staff which you struck the Nile with. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it. For the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa. And Merib. Because the Israelites quarreled. 
and because they tested the Lord, saying, the, Is the Lord am, uh, among us or not? The, the Amiclites came and acted, attacked, excuse me, having a problem with this. The Amiclites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of your men and go out and fight the Amiclites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of the Lord in my hands. So Moses fought the Amiclites as or Joshua fought the Amiclites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands, held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amiclites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put under him and sat him on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua came. The Amiclite army, or Joshua overcame the Amiclite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to, remembered, to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. But Moses, Moses built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. And he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So after the marvelous deliverance from Egypt, the opening of the Red Sea, and all of the great things and the hope that God had given these people, again, they're quarreling, they're being angry, they're complaining. And Moses does what he does. He, he calls on the Lord. At this time, Moses is angry and strikes the rock. But, and later on we will read that Moses, that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, finally persuades him to delegate some of his responsibility. So if you you think about, I know from experience, this has happened to me before, where the, the saying is, and, and I'm pretty sure it's pretty accurate, that 80% of the work done in churches are done by 10% of the people that attend the church. I understand that. I have been there. Right, I was raised to serve. I was. This is the. I was raised that this is 
how you show the Lord that you are grateful, how this is the way we reach out to others. This is the way we spread God's kingdom by serving the church. And so that's what I do. That's what I know. I love to do it. Do not get me wrong. I love to serve the church. But there are times when you are worn so ragged that you get angry or you get upset. And that's what happened here with Moses. He struck the rock in anger because he was mad at the people for their grumbling. While I was thinking about this this morning, I was reminded of at a church I went to years ago uh, when my son was small. We were having a fall festival. And in this fall festival, we had different Sunday school classes set up and they could play games and things like that in different classes. And so in order to do that, I had to move some of the things in some of the Sunday school classes. And I was in charge of this and there was some help. But in the church that we had, the amount of help was only about three or four people including my husband and a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> uh, but we did. We did it. We did it happily. We passed out Bibles that night, and we had a great time. And we did this with the small amount of people. We passed out like 50 Bibles that night, and we were so happy. And then it was over, and like everybody left, and... I was left there with like me, my husband, and like two or three other people to clean this entire thing up, right? And so we're cleaning and we're working and we're trying to make it great because it happened on Saturday night. So we were trying to make it good for Sunday morning. And uh, in one of the Sunday school classes, I forgot to put a trash can back where it was the next morning. When we got done, it was about 1 a.m. in the morning, and we went home. We went to sleep. We got up. We were back at church at 7 a.m. to turn the lights on, make the coffee, do the bulletins, all of those things. And we did it happily. But I had had not a lot of sleep, and I was, like, kind of frustrated with the lack of help that we got and the lack of people from the church showing up. Um, we had a bunch of people from the community, uh, but not a ton from the church, and I was a little bit upset at that. And then this woman, and uh, she taught this Sunday school class. She was in the Fellowship Hall area where they were drinking coffee uh, and complaining about her trash can and I ran I was walking through there um, getting me some coffee because I was about to go back to the sound booth to set up the screen for that morning and I heard her complaining and I lost it I was so upset with myself later but at the time 
I just looked at her and I told her, people are dying and going to hell and you're worried about a trash can? And this sweet little old lady, she, she was like stunned that I would say that. But, and then in my head, I was at that point that Moses was at, right? He was so tired of listening to the complaints and, and tired of these people not, not caring about the Lord and faith in God, even though God had provided them with so much stuff. So I understand Moses here, and I, I know that there are many people out there that are working so hard for the Lord in their church, and they get to a point where they do get snappy with others. And you have to step back, and you have to take a breath. You have to either delegate some jobs to somebody else, or spend some time with just you and the Lord. If you don't have anyone else to delegate to, because your church is tiny and there's just no one then you have to spend time with the Lord alone to get peace to clear your mind and start again do not do not lose your zeal for God because you're taking on too many jobs because you're doing all of these things if there are people that can do these things, maybe give up some of them. Look at your jobs and say, is this a ministry or is this a job? If you don't feel it's a ministry, let someone else have it because maybe it is a ministry to them. Maybe that could be their ministry and you are stealing their blessings because you're taking all of the jobs. So just think about it. Don't get overworked like Moses or myself and spend time with God. All right, spend time alone with the Lord and try not to lose your temper against someone else. And, you know, don't yell at somebody about people going to hell and they're worried about trash cans because I... I still kind of feel bad about that. Uh, but, like, you look at this and you think, like I wrote this down this morning, how does Moses, someone who's described as being so meek and so peaceful, become so irritable and lose his temper? It's, Pretty much, I'm thinking he had so much to do. And he was also listening to all these people, listening to all their complaints. And he's trying to do these things and these people are over here complaining in their ear. And he just, it starts eating at it. And this, Jethro comes along and... And tells him to delegate some of his responsibilities. 
that's so I have tried to learn this in my life and it is sometimes very hard for me to do that to delegate to other people and part of it is because like I have trusted other people and delegated things to other people in the past and they haven't come through and completed it or they kind of half-heartedly did it and didn't didn't care about it or have as much passion as I did and I felt like it it could have been done better or you know they could have put a little more effort into it or whatever so I'm like just let me do it right if I do it I know that that it'll be done right but sometimes I have to just say let it go let somebody else handle it if it's not the way I see it it's okay I have to bite my tongue because inside my heart is like I kind of wanted it this way but we'll just do it that way right so I understand it's okay it's okay to let people do things and it's okay to ask for help you know I ask for help frequently and uh, it got so bad at one of my church one of my old churches that like I would I would go up for announcements I would go up there and I'd be like who wants a blessing and it would be quiet because like everybody knew that I was about to ask them to do something but seriously don't take it all on yourself spread the blessings out allow your entire church to enjoy the blessings of God by helping do whatever you need to be done or by letting other people handle things that is not your ministry. So, understand that don't be prideful and think, I have to do all of this. Don't be, don't take so much pride in that. Take pride in your work for your Lord, yes. But don't try to do everything so that you can have a list of things that you're doing. Instead, do what God has given you, put on your heart to do, and make that the best thing that you can. And sometimes you'll discover that those other things people other people enjoy doing the ones that you really that really grind your gears or that really were hard for you to come you know but you just took them up because no one else would there might be somebody sitting in your church that would really enjoy doing the bulletins every week or uh keeping up with people's birthdays and anniversaries or like doing the screen if you've got a screen at church or teaching a Sunday school class or whatever if you feel that it's a job and not a ministry delegate it to someone else or let go of it because it can be their blessing 
So that is where we're going to end today. And I just want you to remember, do not get to the point that I did or that Moses did and kind of lash out in anger because of your work for your Lord. Always try to keep it where you are giving of your time, you are giving of your talents, you are giving cheerfully. If you start doing it begrudgingly, it's no longer a ministry. It's just you doing something that you have to do. So please take it from me. It's not a place you want to be when you get bogged down in those little jobs or a big job that is not a ministry. So thank you for listening today. And I want you to remember to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And I also want you to smile because God loves you and so do I.